You're listening to the Christ Church Toronto podcast, a recording of the Sunday sermons from Christ Church Toronto. Christ Church Toronto is a new church in Toronto's East End that seeks to practice the ancient Christian faith today. We would love for you to join us in the future, but until then, please turn your attention to the scripture reading. Well, good morning. If you're a guest with us, my name is Lyndon. I'm one of the pastors here, and it's my privilege to be able to continue our series through the I Am Statements of Jesus in the Gospel of John, where Jesus identifies with the God of Israel, saying, I am, uh, various things that we're looking through. And today, we come to a text where he says, I am the door. I'll, I'll just flag at this point that next week, Pastor Kyle is going to be uh, speaking on the latter or, or uh, on the the portion of the passage that follows the text for today, uh, where Jesus identifies himself as the good shepherd. I am the good shepherd. And so we'll be focusing our reflections today on Jesus' claim, I am the door. And with that, please turn your attention with me to the reading of God's word in John chapter 10, verses 1 through 10. Truly, truly, I say to you, He who does not enter the sheepfold by the door, but climbs in by another way, that man is a thief and a robber. But he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him the gatekeeper opens. The sheep hear his voice, and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. A stranger they will not follow, but they will flee from him, for they do not know the voice of strangers. This figure of speech Jesus used with them, but they did not understand what he was saying to them. So Jesus again said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. All who came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not listen to them. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, He will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. The word of the Lord. In the movie 12 Years a Slave, uh, the man Solomon Northup, born in 1808, a freeborn African-American, a landowner, a farmer, A husband and father, a professional violinist, he gets kidnapped, stolen from his free life in New York, and sold into slavery in the South, Uh, taken from his family, from his land, and when fellow slaves are discussing how to ensure their survival as slaves, Solomon responds with this powerful statement, I don't want to survive, I want to live. None of us wants bare survival whether free or enslaved, to wake up day after day in numb, lifeless repetition, doing the same things over and over, wake up, uh, work, or be with kids, eat and sleep, repeat, all without a sense of purpose or, or meaning. We want to live. But as Oscar Wilde has famously put it, to live is the rarest thing in the world. Most people exist. That is all. And Jesus says, I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. Now, my guess is that probably most of us 
uh, here listening don't naturally associate Jesus or Christianity with abundant life. Uh, Jesus' own life ends in crucifixion after all. And he calls his followers essentially to come and die, to live lives of self-denial and self-giving, lives of strict moral virtue, don't lie, don't steal, don't covet, uh, uh, restricting sex to the context of a committed covenant relationship of marriage, and, and so on. In many ways, the way of Jesus sounds to us more like a life of suffering now, so that we can get abundant life later. Suffer now. You know, uh, give now, resist temptation now, so that you can experience eternal life, abundant life, later on. Isn't that the Christian message? Well, yes and no. Certainly there is a call for Christians to suffer now. That's real, to, to endure now, to resist now, through self-denial and self-giving. But it's important to understand that all of this self-denial and self-giving isn't presented in the scriptures, certainly not by Jesus, as a matter of of choosing a lesser life now for a better life later, but rather the life of following Jesus, of self-denial, of self-giving, is in fact itself the better life. It is itself the abundant life, the way of Jesus, which is the way of total surrender to the triune God, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, is itself the true life of abundance. This is how it's offered to us in the scriptures. And all else is counterfeit to this reality. As Jesus puts it here, truly, truly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. All who come before me are thieves and robbers. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. Here, Jesus presents himself as the way, the only way to the abundant life. And you ask, how can that be? How can that be? Aren't there other ways? Haven't people found deep and lasting happiness, a kind of abundant life quite apart from Jesus? It would seem so, perhaps. The rich finding abundance in their wealth and comforts. Two lovebirds finding a kind of abundance in their mutual love and support. The successful person um, finding joy in their success. But, but Jesus claims here, and, and I think uh, um, complemented by our own experience, give us reason to wonder, is anyone actually happy? Are the rich really that content? The married, the, the, the happy marriage, the, the successful. Does anyone know abundant life? Do you? Do you know it? Have you tasted it? Jesus' claim here, it turns out, is as bold as it is sober. That he is the door. He is the way to abundant life. And there is no other. Truly, truly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep and all who came before me are thieves and robbers. The sheep did not listen to them. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy, and I have come that they may have life and have it abundantly. It's significant that Jesus acknowledges here that there is a category of people who have come before him and who, who persist, people who have postured themselves as the door to life, pretenders, we might call them, 
who have vied for the attention and for the affections of the sheep, of, of the people, of, of you and me. Now in Jesus' day, and in the context of this passage, Jesus seems to have his eye on the religious leaders of Israel, specifically. In, in the passage directly before ours, in John chapter 9, we find a man who was born blind, and the religious leaders claiming to have the way of life, and they, and they end up casting him out and castigating him for trusting in Jesus. And Jesus, quite explicitly here in this passage, identifies these leaders as thieves and robbers, uh, people who have entered in and gained some kind of authority over the sheep, but who have come in the wrong way. And such people had come before Jesus, and such people will come after. But they will not deliver, is Jesus' claim, but only will steal and kill and destroy those who follow. Where have you sought life and abundance? To whom or to what have you have you gone? The promise of success or pleasure or, or a name for yourself, the, the comfort of spouse and home. Where have you looked to find to find your comfort? Uh, what door have you entered through in order to find life? What about religion, which seems in some ways to be the immediate context of this, you know, following the right religious leaders or the right religion as, as a path to abundant life, doing the right things, gaining God's favor by doing the right things, by being a good, upright, and whether religious or irreligious person. And many of these things, many of these ways, they present themselves as good, and many of them are good. But none of them, we find, according to Jesus, none of them is the door to abundance. There's only one door, Jesus says, and it is himself. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved. And this claim, he will be saved, uh, what does this mean? Well, first of all, there's a human condition that's presupposed in all of this. That what humans need more than anything, more than, uh, more than getting married, uh, achieving the ideal family situation, more than um, gaining wealth. But what is this saving that Jesus is offering? What is this, this salvation that he's saying that we need in order to get abundant life? Well, there's a human condition that's presupposed in all of this, that what humans need more than anything, more than, more than getting married, more than achieving the ideal human family or getting respect or success or, or great thrills in life is salvation. It's, it's to be saved. Now, here's something that's fallen from our cultural imagination where we've put matters of transcendence, spiritual things, something like salvation, life after death, Many of these things have become hidden from our social concerns. At least, you know, it's not part of our, our public discourse. We don't think about these things as, as a culture, and we don't, we don't want to. But the Bible assumes them, that we're created in the image of God, made to know God, that we're moral creatures, accountable to a holy God, and as such, that we failed. We've, we've failed to be accountable to him, to, to, uh, to live according to his standards. And, and more than that, that... Well, because of that, we're also dead in our sins, alienated from God, deserving of his just displeasure. And if all of this is the case, then naturally we're a people who need to be saved, a people who need help, a people who need forgiveness, people who need to be reconciled, both to God and to each other. Do we know this? 
that you and I are people who need to be saved. That we need to be saved from sin and from death, from hell and the consequences, the just wrath of God against the sins of the world. And and there's more related to this that, that Jesus has in mind. That we need to be saved from predators, from theft and robbery, from the brokenness of our world all around us, from the dismal prospect of bare existence. We need life, we find. And Jesus says, I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will find abundant life. To be clear, our alienation from God, in a Christian perspective, is the fundamental problem that needs to be overcome here. Because it's, it's this alienation which is created by human sin, human rebellion against God, which has immense implications for everything else in all of life, and death for that matter. It's as though we are gasoline engines trying to run on diesel and wondering why it's not working. God has made us for himself to know and to follow him, to be in relationship with him. And when that's broken, we find all else is broken. Our relationships, our desires, what we love, what we do, what we want to do. How is it going for you? Wherever you're at in life, however you're trying to find this abundant life, Jesus says, I am the way. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. Now, it's important to ask, how is it that Jesus, this this historical figure who lived and died and was purportedly raised to life 2,000 years ago, how is it that this man, Jesus, can offer you, me, us, today, abundant life? And how do you know that the way of Jesus, or or Christianity as it's come to be called, isn't just another counterfeit amongst all the other counterfeits of the world? Just another way that promises life, but in the end it leads to disappointment and eventually death, like every other way. Well, on the one hand, we can't really know in the way that we'd like to. As in, I won't be able to prove this to you this morning in this way, that, that Jesus is the only way. And that you attempting other ways won't result in in good things. But I can tell you why I think you should trust Jesus and walk in his way based on what he says. Why you should believe what he says. And here's why. Because the same one who in this passage claims to be the way, the door, is the same one who laid down his life for sinners like you and like me, that we might find life. See, there are many ways, there are many doors on offer, open to us today, promising us life. But none of them will ever lay their lives down for us in order that we might find life. But Jesus says, my life for yours. And in a world marred by sin and brokenness that we know intimately in many ways, where you and I, in our sin, are headed for destruction, whether we like it or not, whether we know it or not, This is what we need more than anything. We need a way. We need the way, the door to life. And God's people have always known this, that we need God to provide us a way, a way to life despite our own brokenness and finitude and and sinfulness and alienation from him and alienation from each other. And one of the great songs sung by Israel throughout their generations was Psalm 118, which rings out, 
The Lord is my strength and my song. He has become my salvation. Open to me the doors of righteousness that I may enter through them. This is the door of the Lord. The righteous shall enter through it. And Jesus shows up probably close to a thousand years after the song was first penned and says to the psalm-singing people of Israel, I am the door. And we can think also of the time when the Lord was bringing judgment on Egypt, when they were oppressing the people of Israel. What were all the doors of Israel marked with that the people would be saved? But the blood of the Lamb, Jesus, it turns out, would be the true door, himself the bloodied Lamb, himself the bloodied door through which the people of God would be saved and would go in and out and find pasture. And and this, this is the gospel. This is the good news to us, to you and to me this morning, that God, in the person of Jesus Christ, has come near, has come near to make a way for us to be reconciled to him. Jesus has lived for you, died for you, taken your sins, your losses, your disappointments and regrets, your failures and your dead ends, all of this, onto his shoulders. He knows our weakness. He knows our frame. You don't need to make your own way in this life. You can't. You don't need to earn God's favor. You can't. But Jesus, Jesus can, and he has. He has lived for us. He has lived the righteous life on our behalf. And he says to you today, Truly, truly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. All who came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not listen to them. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. None of us wants bare survival. We want life and life abundant. And for sinners, lost and broken this morning, alienated from God, on our way to death. Jesus welcomes you, and he welcomes me. He welcomes us on the way to enter through the narrow gate and to find life, even life to the full. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came, Jesus says, that they may have life and have it abundantly. Jesus' way is not the easy way, but it is we find here, and we find in him the only way to life. Let's pray. Thank you for listening to the Christchurch Toronto podcast. For more information about our church, you can visit our website at christchurchtoronto.ca or email us at info at christchurchtoronto.ca.